Congratulations, you magnificent men at Major Spoilers. This is Ashley and Jason from the Geek History Lesson podcast, and we just want to say congratulations. Well done. Congratulations. It's astounding that you guys made it to 600 episodes, but when you get to be that old, sometimes you need a little help, and we'd like to enlighten you. And Jason, I believe you have a lesson. That's true, because if we all know, comic books can go on a long time. They sure can. And one of them that did was Archie number 600. And I think the major spoilers crew in 600 episodes is a lot like Archie. A lot like the Riverdale crew? Yeah. See, because in that issue, it was an alternate timeline story where Archie finally proposed to Veronica. That, wow. Yeah, and Betty and Jughead saw the whole thing. So you see, in 600 issues, Archie made the decision. He decided that he had to go for Betty. Ooh. Or Veronica, excuse me. I'm already messing up the lesson. See, this is what 600 can do to you. But, so the thing we can take from this is simply that somewhere in the next two to three episodes, episodes... Someone on the major spoilers crew needs to get married to fulfill the prophecy. To someone else. To somebody else. <laughs> who's the Jughead? I'm guessing Rodrigo. And who's Veronica and Archie? We're looking at you, Stephen and Matthew. Calling it right now. We're calling it right now and invite us to the wedding. Please and, invite me. I've never been to a wedding. And tell us where to, where to send the blender. Yeah, or uh, register through Comixology. Yes. Congratulations. 600 episodes is an amazing feat. Something that I think will take a long time for Geek History Lesson to get to. Well, because if we hit 600, we'll probably be dead. That's so, true. well done. Congratulations, you guys. <laughs> I'm so happy for all of you and happy to be a part of this podcast and so said so family. Yay! Yay! This episode is brought to you in part by our Major Spoilers VIP members around the world. Thank you for your support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, numbers with zeros seem more important, but we are still here with our regular big bag of fun. Full-on slobberdogger action with Trek versus Wars, tag team turmoil with the world's finest defending against Spidey and the Green Goliath, plus Batgirl, Legos, Jughead, and Sneaky, which sounds like the worst law firm ever. We're in the back half of a thousand, which means pretty soon we ought to be getting good at this. So wake the kids, phone the neighbors, dust off your bagpipes, and clean out the barn, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air for the 600th time. Welcome to issue 600 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. We have made it to 600. All right. Whoa. Is that a big deal? Um, I'm kind of in a, uh, a kind of in a quandary, because... You know, we are currently at, as of this recording, something like 1,430 shows that we've done Mm -hmm. in the last eight years. So on one hand, this is the show that has the most numbers after it. (laughs) But when you look at them all together, it's like, wow, we passed, you know, a thousand a long time ago. And we're closing in on 1,500 shows that we've produced or are part of our, a part of our network. So I don't know. It used to be in the early days podcasting used to be hey you reach 100 episodes great 200 great 500 great yeah. um now it seems to me like 
we should be celebrating 1,000 or 1,500 should be the well, big, well, the big. Here, here's the thing for for us, for you and me and Matthew and Zach and all the other people that do podcasts with us. Um, it's it's probably not that big of a deal because it's once again on a Tuesday night we're getting together and recording a podcast right, just right. like we've yeah. done six hundred times prior to this. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so it's like it's very much not a big deal just because of how many times we've done it. Um, but for I think for the world of major spoilers and for the people outside of it is a big deal because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we started, we didn't know how many episodes we were going to be able to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've had scheduling conflicts, we've had all kinds of stuff, and and I think to, um, to the people that got on the onto the show early, and to the people that have been with us, and even with to our newer, um, listeners, it shows them that we're very committed to this. Oh, yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. Like if we've made it to six hundred and we're kind of doing it like it's nothing, then that means that we're going to reach. Hopefully, like a thousand. Oh, I've, yes, definitely going to reach that next podcast. It's that line of demarcation because you know you remember when you turned sixteen, and then you turn eighteen, and that's impressive. And twenty-one is impressive, and twenty-five is impressive. But you know, Stephen and I, I think the last real milestone we had was forty. That's nearly half a decade ago. We're probably still not going to really have one of those big milestone birthdays until you know. 2020. Oh, really? 25. 25 is your last real milestone. Because that's, when your, insurance, think, that's when your insurance <laughs> goes down. 50 then, is a then big deal. Out, yeah, from then on out, it's just AARP flyers you could, and <laughs> you could argue, specials at Denny's at 3.45 in the afternoon. You could argue that 35 is actually another important milestone because that's when your demographic stops mattering. Yeah, there you go. Mm. And if you make it past 27, you're not as popular as uh, was it Kurt Cobain and Jesus and yep, uh, everybody right. else. So, yeah. so really, Wynos. there's lots of milestones. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So Jesus I don't know. You know for me, yes, I'm glad that we made it to 600 it's it's feels fulfilling and it feels like yes here we've done something that not a whole lot of other podcasts do unless of course they do them multiple times a week or every you know every day or those kinds of things because uh you know there are some of those shows that are out there that do that um but uh, <laughs> we used to do that with this show too well i mean when you think about it and that's why i say when you look at 1400 shows sure Mm-hmm. We have shows that release basically every single day of the week mm-hmm. to where, you know, you just we could have just left everything major spoilers podcast sure. episode, whatever. But confusing. then it would have been yeah. very confusing. Yeah. So I mean, you, you remember episode 10. You remember episode 10. I, I, I joined the show and I walk into this well-oiled machine of you and Rodrigo. Yeah, and then you Bryan, ruined it. And I ruined it. And then, you know, I, well, think about this. You've done 600 episodes yourself. Yeah. We know that because there are no MSPs without Steven. Right. Rodrigo and I are in the 500s because I missed the first 10, and then I've missed a couple here and there, and he's missed a couple here and there. Zach's over 150, pushing 200 episodes. That's nearly 1,800 episodes of this show. So technically, this is episode 1,800. Uh, not quite. you, you got to go back. I think and your math is you're, weird. You're doing that core math again that, uh, well, that they're teaching at the grade school. Plus 500 is 1,000. Zach's almost at 200. So that would be twelve hundred. You're talking about you're talking about the combined, the combined experience. That's a right. little bit different just than that, actual. It's like when you hire show. when you hire a, a law firm. They're like, we have over thirty thousand years of experience. <laughs> yeah, the matters involved. And, do you have a you favorite know, uh, episode or anything like that, Rodrigo? Ah, oh, geez, a favorite episode that we've done <laughs> so far. Um, I I remember an episode in which I called you all honkies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was a that was a good one. I still like our Smallville discussion. Yeah, uh, where it's located and and whether Superman should or shouldn't fly. I know you hate them, but I really love those first couple of word association. No, they're okay. It's just that you the the reason why we don't do them all the time is because you run the risk of running it into the ground. Sure, sure. That's true. And you know, once you hear the same thing 50,000 times, it right. ceases to be interesting or funny. Or or we just make it its own podcast. Yeah, there you go. We do. And then true. people can decide whether yeah. they want to listen or not. I, I still remember the first time the MSP did Critical Hit. With yeah. like, what was it like? Right. Critical Hit number eight. It was still part of the Major Spoilers podcast. And I got to jump out a window, so that counts. Yeah. Zach, what about you? Um, I like Daredevil Yellow. <laughs> uh, no, my favorite episodes wouldn't be right on. Um, the Watchmen podcast with um uh, was it Doctor Peter Coogan? Coogan? Yeah, Doctor Coogan. Yeah. That was a really good episode. That's I wasn't on it. I listened to it. And that was really good. Um, I always remember the first episode I listened to was the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man uh, trade review, and it went on forever. And you guys were just yelling at each other, and it was really funny. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, because that, I was saying how awesome it was, and Matthew's like, oh, yeah, this it was is horrible. the worst thing in the world. Stupid. Yeah. It's stupid and derivative and hateful. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. one of my things. I actually listened to 500 earlier today, and this was February of 2013. Issue 500, we already had Zach. Yeah. Yeah. All four of us were here for issue 500, and we started that episode with this exact conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I think every 100 issues, we should just have this same conversation verbatim. Well, the other thing, too, is that um, we were doing two major spoilers podcasts a week until we split off Zach on film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went down to the one episode a week. So, mm-hmm. you know, theoretically, this time next year, we could either be at episode 700 or episode, you know, 650. Yeah, fifty-four. So, yeah, no, because uh, uh, we're not going to have fifty-two episodes this year. We're not. How come? Well, because of holidays and uh, and breaks. So gotta take a break. Gotta take a break at some point. Break. (laughs) Yep. That's well. You know, I'm glad that people have lasted with us this long. Mm -hmm. I would like to see more people come on board, and I think. you know, if we can get more people to listen, I think we can, you know, there's another podcast that has something like 17,000 episodes and it's a fine podcast, but it's just, I don't know. I think we're a little bit, I think we're grounded at least. I mean, we can have fun and be silly, but I don't think we, uh, I don't think we act like our shit doesn't stink right? for lack of a better (laughs) phrase. Well, Well, the 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 good thing about us is that if if one of us does, the other ones will bring him down immediately. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other ones will bust him hard. Yeah. I think that I, honestly, and you know, I I, I, I kind of you know talk about this every once in a while. Rodrigo and I once had this discussion on the show. I think that the show has changed a lot in the last hundred and fifty odd episodes. Oh yeah, It'll because we again. finally have that fourth temperament. We finally have the Michelangelo. To balance out that power trio to where Rodrigo yeah, doesn't put some pants have to on play Zach. Mm. Oh, different Michelangelo. I don't wear pants. Right, right. Not not Michelangelo's David. I That's thought you David. were talking about uh, Raphael He's, and Leonardo yes. da Vinci. Yeah, and, that is what he means, actually. That's what oh, I mean, okay. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, no, I was talking about the great artists <laughs> of the Renaissance. You mean like Gil Kane and Jack Kirby and... No, there's always, and that's one good thing is that we're willing to change, and the show will change and continue to, to evolve. Well, we've changed the format. We used to do mm-hmm. a, we used to do a trade a week, yep. and mm-hmm. we dialed that down. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, 
part of the new change, and that's why it was introduced gradually, so that everyone's just like, what did you guys do? Is that we rotate a trade about a month, then there's the Q&A, mm-hmm. then there's free form, and then there's interview. So that's kind of the way you can kind of expect a month to go, more or less. Right. And that way we don't use up all the trade paperbacks <laughs> at the printed. Because there really aren't all that many comic books. Yeah, I mean, we were almost there. we were we were giving them yeah, we a buffer because we had of. almost covered all of them. <laughs> yeah, we were we were to the point where it's like Mike Sikowski, Wonder Woman. Oh man, we covered that. What do you want to see when we hit uh, our next uh, six hundred episodes, Zach? I would like to be, be able to grow better facial hair, like Rodrigo. If some of his powers could like transfer the mic into my beard, mm. I have some patches down here. I mean, I'll be older. At least a year. At least a year older, yeah. yes. Yeah. We're going to be doing two shows a day <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> Any uh, uh, um, hopes or dreams? Hopes or dreams. I, I would really I like know. us to, to double our, well, actually, I would love us to triple our listenership over the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with our fine listeners, we can do that. I would like to see more guests come on the show. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. And... Um, I don't know. I, th- I think I'd like to see uh, just, you know, more more members in our VIP section, I think, would be great, too, because, I yeah. mean, we've been doing this for eight years, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that uh, like to support us through all the different ways that they support us, but I know some people aren't familiar with the various ways, and uh, I'd like to see that that increase. So I think we almost did our goal this year for the uh, YouTube channel, Zach. Um, do we make another goal? Because my goal was a thousand, and we got that. We passed that. Yeah, we passed that a while ago, yeah. a couple months ago. Yep, so it was we'll, really good. We'll hit probably twelve hundred by the end of the end of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So totally. We have hit that goal. Yeah, that's nice. Yep. So let's keep growing and growing. I'd like to see thirty thousand people on the YouTube Ooh. channel. Hundred thousand on the YouTube channel. That's a lot of people. That that that's yes, right. it is. That's more people than I know. Well, they can be all your friends, Zach. <laughs> uh, Matthew, I don't know if I'm. Go ahead. I don't know if I've ever even met 30,000 people. I think I'd like to have fewer people with pneumonia in the background of my part of the show. Um, oh, fewer fewer when the, uh, fewer Matthew in the back of the show? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's clearly what I said, okay. Steve. <laughs> that's I can, not pneumonia. We can that's make a, that that's, now. A smo- that's smoker's lungs. There you go. <laughs> no, it's actually pneumonia. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I always like it when the show does weird stuff that none of us expect, and then all of a sudden we have a spinoff. The show gets pregnant, and then Zach on film is a thing. Um, I, I would like not for much longer future. though. Not in its current incarnation, right, mm-hmm. Zach? Pending. Pending. It's done. Nothing. Nothing lasts forever. That which ends sometimes only changes into something that is different. There's, there's only so many four-hour hour movies we can watch. Oh okay. well, yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> like I said, we are going to be done with the uh, list here shortly. Then yeah. We've got some Zach movies to watch, and then uh, Zach will go into a chrysalis. Mm-hmm. And emerge with an all new Zach <laughs> yes. on Film podcast. <laughs> and a better beard. And a, a better beard. I'd like to meet Sarah Silverman. Um, that would be cool. Can we invite her on the show? Sure. Sure. We'll invite her. Sarah Silverman, you're invited onto our show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweet her. See what I, she I've, says. I've just sent out the invitation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm always kind of a. a, a Catch as catch can, enjoy what you've got, kind of, you know, can you start my orange kind of guy. So I think that I'll enjoy whatever we do, just as long as we're all still here together and we do that thing that we do where Steven's mean to me, but it's only because he doesn't know how to express the deep brotherly affection we've had for nearly three decades now. Too many decades. 
<laughs> See? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? Too many decades. You did I've... mention a little bit ago, uh, Matthew, about uh, Critical Hit, mm-hmm. that Dungeons & Dragons game. And I want to talk about this um, this open gaming license. So mm. it was a week ago, week or so ago, um, one of the guys from Wizards of the Coast was doing a Reddit AMA, Ask mm-hmm. Me Anything. And someone had brought up the question of the open gaming license and whether they, Wizards of the Coast, would bring it back. And the response was, yes, we're working on that. Give us some time to get our stuff together, basically, is what, mm-hmm. what it summarized as. Um, but that's kind of interesting because they shut down the open gaming license about six years ago and made a lot of people really mad. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the open gaming license was something that was kind of concurrent with the third edition <laughs> launch. Right. Um, and then when fourth edition rolled around, they were like, yeah, 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 no more open gaming license. Well, I wonder, was that because, and, and for those people who aren't familiar with the open gaming license is wizards of the coast says, here are portions of our D 20 system mm-hmm. that you are free to use for whatever you want. That's right. And along comes pathfinder. And did they, did they sow the seeds of their own doom? And then it's they said, a- wait a minute, we shouldn't be giving away the. The, the the candy store why why buy the cow when you get the milk for free kind of thing right it's a it's a valid um read into it i think to 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 think that you know with pathfinder success that that wizards of the coast was like maybe let's not give away all our specs right um or or i guess more because you can you can get those out of the game I guess let's not put a contract out there that says we won't sue the pants off you if you use them is basically what the open gaming license is. Um, But also, I think, um, really, I think the main reason was when 4th edition came out, Wizards of the Coast realized that putting out the open gaming license is a lot of work because you basically have to go through and pick out of your system all of the things that you're okay with other people having and also all of the things that you're okay with them not or that you're not okay with them having right, right, separate right. them, make a separate document, and then basically have people in charge of kind of fielding questions, concerns, mm-hmm. combing to, through things, Fact so checking. you can sue the pants off of anybody yeah, yeah. who doesn't stick to the open gaming license. Right. It's all. It's actually a huge amount of work to maintain that, um, and it's a huge amount of work that involves copyright law, right? Which is a big deal and can get very, very complicated. Um, so I. My guess is, yeah, the pa- but because the Pathfinder thing didn't become obvious until Fourth Edition was up and going, and Wizards was like, "Hey guys, Fourth Edition," and everybody was like, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, "Meh, meh, meh we got Pathfinder, we don't care, meh." Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So uh, the the announcement that the open gaming license is going to come back, maybe you know them looking at things and saying, "Well, part of the problem with Fourth Edition is that we had no third party support for it." True. Um, and there really wasn't. Basically, all third-party stuff remained with uh, third edition, which is part of the reason I think why fourth edition didn't do as well as they wanted. So I'm curious when they open up this uh, OGL, mm-hmm. do you think it's going to be for fifth edition, or do you think they're going to open up the fourth edition and say we're done with fourth edition? You guys go do whatever uh, you want with it. No, no, it's got to be for it's got to be for D and D next. You think? Yeah, How come? I don't think they do it for fourth because again. They're trying to they're trying to put fourth edition to bed. They want people to buy new books. They want people to well, yeah. That's why it would make sense for them to say, yeah, here's fourth edition. Go do whatever you want with it. We're done with that. It, we're moving forward as are all of our fans who didn't like fourth edition. It would if the open gaming license was 
for a low, low, low price, you can do this. Yeah. But the open gaming license, at least in its former incarnation, was free. You could do right. whatever you wanted. You didn't have to pay Wizards anything. Right. That is why I feel that... You think they're going to start charging? Uh, they might. Hmm. I mean, that's something that they could do, wouldn't but then it wouldn't open, really feel... wouldn't be an, an open, open gaming, gaming license, yeah. right? So, so the reason why I don't think they do it with 4th edition is because it would make sense if they did. If they were like... We're not going to develop anything for 4th edition anymore, but we're willing to have money trickle into Wizards of the Coast <laughs> if somebody else wants to develop for it. And in mm-hmm. fact, I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think they should be like, okay, anybody who wants to develop official 4th edition stuff, yeah. come talk to us. Right. Well, you know, and, they, and do they, have, do that. they do have a couple of third-party peoples right now mm-hmm. uh, doing stuff. What is it? <laughs> uh, Sasquatch Game Studios is, uh, is putting together one of the new... D&D Adventures that comes out in March. Who's the other one? They well, they were working with somebody else with that uh, app that fell through. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the name of the company. So, uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be interesting if they, they is, bring it, it back. It'll be interesting to see because there's a lot of stuff about D&D Next that is looser right. than 3rd Edition was. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it might actually... Um, it might actually make things different, but... I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, like the the things that are different and more loose about a D and D Nexus compared to uh, third edition is like the differences between bell bottoms and parachute pants. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's still there's still there's things still that are ugly different. Pants. Different things are loose and tight, but you still end up with the same combination of the same amount of loose and the same amount of tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, how about we put this to rest? Uh, is there going to be a critical hit? Uh, system that's in the open gaming license with all of the, the thingies. Uh, certainly not. Uh, while I'm working another whole job other than doing a critical hit, if uh, if I had the time and a steady uh, stream of income, then I might consider doing something. Did you hear that, everybody? Need more VIPs. <laughs> Only that, a thousand more VIPs will get that, Rodrigo working for that us full time. But but and then there's like I was I was really thinking about that today uh, when uh, when I saw that we were going to talk about it on the show um, because I was like, well, let's assume like best case scenario, like I actually do get time and money to do something like this. Is like I feel that by the time I and like the group, if we like play test yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Was able to develop that. We'd get it out right as the end of the next was like closing. Sixth edition. The, yeah. the moment they they announced sixth edition, it's like, hey, we finally got that critical hit module going. Well, I think it wouldn't be that hard to. Uh, I mean, some of the things like skills challenges, we get that could be added in. Oh, sure, sure. To fifth edition, which is not in fifth edition at right, all. Right. Um, you know, those kinds of things I think would be easy enough to sure. to adapt to it. But uh, yeah, so there you go, uh, listeners. If you want to have that happen. We just need to hire Rodrigo full-time, and you can do that by uh, heading over to members.majorspoilers.com, signing up today, and uh, yeah, maybe uh, I'll set another stretch goal, Zach. Uh, (laughs) When we hit, uh, (laughs) what is it, what are we at, 3,000, is it 3,000 is the highest stretch goal that we have? For the... uh for the, for the audio yeah, drama? Yeah. yeah, I think so. so I was we just on we it hit like it up yesterday. to like uh, 4,500 yeah. subscribers, and then we'll have uh, Rodrigo working on for us full-time to yeah. develop some gaming modules. That'd be super sweet. Yeah. Um, thoughts on either of this, Zach or Matthew? Sorry, M- Rodrigo and I just kind of jumped into no, that conversation. No, that's fine, because I would have nothing of value to add to this conversation. <laughs> that's it. I have nothing I want to say. 
<laughs> Matthew? I'm with him. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. Um, again, I have no idea of what any of it means. Well, I think, I mean, anytime you look at, I mean, it's, you can almost equate it to a Creative Commons license yeah. uh, type thing. Yeah, I mean. So, so it's just like, here's our books, our rule books. You can copy them. To a point. To a point. Right, right, yeah. right. So everything, like everything about the Dungeons and Dragons system mm-hmm. is copyrighted the same way a program, the entirety of right, a program right, right, right. is copyrighted. Like the code and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what they're saying is we won't sue you for using this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can roll a D twenty, no problem there. You can add modifiers, <laughs> you can have tables, you can use the fighter, yeah. the cleric, the wizard, and use and all we their stats. And we won't shoot like and and zombie lawyers won't descend from a helicopter upon your head <laughs> for all of these points of what are and the they points might of even have, and they might even have mm-hmm. some generic like bugbear, knoll. Yep. Goblin so, right, monsters right. that they can say here. Just use these monsters right. if you mm-hmm. want, right. but you can't use uh, what's the C, um, beholder. Oh, you can't use a beholder. You sure, can't use sure. Tiamat. You can't use right, those kinds right. of things. And, and certainly things that are tied to say uh, any of the uh, books or anything like that. Right. So mm-hmm. you so wouldn't no be drizzed. able to use Drizzt. You wouldn't be able. They to probably use, wouldn't like, be able to use Greyhawk stuff. My guess would be you wouldn't even be uh, the uh, the Drow. Probably wouldn't even be a class that you could use in the open gaming license. Uh, maybe who knows? I, I mean, you, it's you interesting don't know, that the Drow exist in Five E, yet the Eldrin do not. Yeah, well, they're high elves now. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> thing. So, Wizards has a copyright on D. The use of like D20s in a game? Probably not. The, but you'd be surprised. Was, I, sort of, I, I'd have to go back and look because I do believe that there was a lawsuit over right, right. specifically the dice. Right. Uh, because they have uncovered dice from, you know, way long time ago. 4,000 yeah. years ago right, right. that are. So, that are D20s. That actually. are D20s, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but, but all that stuff is subject to at least being contested, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a huge example of this is actually Wizards of the Coast uh, with Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The act of turning a card on its side, yeah. aka tapping, is copyrighted. You can't yep. have a game in which you explicitly tap things because that's copyrighted by or like uh, or calling it tapping uh, because what's the Pokemon's got it's, uh, card turns? It's a it's like it's not quite it's not copywriting. It's actually like a patent. Oh really? Yeah, it's a patent, <laughs> a on, patent the game. on turning a card no, sideways. It, absolutely, it is because the Man. game exists. It's kind of its own structure of rules, mm-hmm. right? Again, copyright law and yeah, yeah. patent laws hugely interesting, well, hugely complicated. But so so games have to like try to get around that. But yeah, the right. moment you say tapping or the moment that you explicitly say in your rule book turn the car on its side to do this wizards of the like definitely yeah, they would an eye, say. and then a bunch of tiny <laughs> other eyes appear in front of the building in renton and like a, a giant beholder goes flying <laughs> because yeah wizards of the coast is really is, they're not necessarily super litigious but they're like the biggest gaming company as they have far something as against games, that so. um kickstarted game hex which is a like a trading mm-hmm. card mm-hmm. MMO yeah. type of game they're developing. Yeah, it's not even out yet, but Wizards have already like sure, yep. lawyer. Sure. Yep, sure. Um, and of course, Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro, mm-hmm. right? And uh, some of you may have noticed last week, really quick at the end of the week, because I got a lot of tweets about it. Hey, Stephen, did you see that Hasbro is gonna is gonna buy DreamWorks yeah. Animation? And what happened was on Thursday, maybe it was Wednesday, the news leaked out about that, and there was a lot of talk going on on Thursday, but by Friday afternoon. Talks were over mm-hmm. because what happened was stock for both companies fell 
to the point where I think Hasbro, if I, if I remember correctly, lost like $300 million in equity Jeez. because people were like, why is a gaming company buying DreamWorks? And uh, of course, DreamWorks stock fell. It, it rose back up on Monday. Uh, I don't think Hasbro uh, rose back up as Did much. I, I didn't follow it past the point of this. We think this is happening. Yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. I, and then I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, it was interesting to see it happen. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that you might have uh, Hasbro wanting to buy DreamWorks. Number mm-hmm. one, you get all of the DreamWorks properties that you can then make toys off of and not have to pay a license on. Yeah, sure. Rob, was it Rob or Brian? I forget which one. Uh, swore up and down that they were going to have a How to Train Your Dragon uh, RPG game that would come out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, no. that's not true. <laughs> I mean, anybody well, they could officially They, they officially tomorrow. closed talks on that and said, we're not pursuing this any anymore. Um, Hasbro was doing something else a few months ago where word got out that they were in talks to buy another company and the same exact thing happened and the board members were like, nope, our stock's falling, we're not going to do anything with this. So yeah. I think what's happening is they just maybe have too much cash lying around well, and uh, kind of like... Uh, well, everybody. They have the opposite problem that Apple has right. in that they want to spend their money and they are running well, into problems with they're that. They're seeing these other big entertainment companies doing this, right? Like Disney buys mm-hmm. LucasArts and Disney right. buys uh, Marvel. They're like, we want to get in on this too. And, but it's like, <laughs> I guess Hasbro maybe just doesn't have the goodwill that like other companies do. So mm-hmm. when they start getting involved in stuff like this, people are like, whoa, 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 Hasbro? The My Little Pony guys? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, because Hasbro... Yeah, they're the makers of the Ouija board, too. They don't even... Yeah. Um, well, they're the owners of the Ouija board. I don't know that, well, I don't know that they originally made do it. Do they? Did they? They don't have, like, a uh, entertainment division. They absolutely Are they the ones making the My Little Pony show, or is that shopped out to someone else that's actually making it, and they're just, like, <laughs> they're just licensing... There is a, other people. Well, there is a Hasbro entertainment division that manages the properties. I don't right. know that they have an animation studio. Yeah, my that's guess what I was wondering. My guess is they don't. Be, yeah, that's Historic what I was wondering. Because they haven't. They used Marvel Productions in the 80s for their G.I. Joe and Gemini. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. But when you Hasbro talk about does Disney. Own part of, of something. I think they own part of the hub, don't they? Yeah, oh. they do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, My Little Pony is Studio B Productions and DHX Media out of Vancouver. Okay. And of course, Hasbro Studios, Hasbro Studios oh, okay. out of uh, California. Hasbro Studios. Okay. Yep. Well, because I mean, when you talk about Disney buying, uh, uh, you know, Lucasfilm or Marvel, like, oh, well, Disney has made movies for a long time. You, They have a television show. They, they could bring on a property. You, mm-hmm. They could see them do anything with it. But when I think of Hasbro, I'm not thinking... Oh, a TV show or a movie. I'm thinking, they want to buy them for toys, right. which obviously can be profitable, um, but to be <laughs> buy a movie studio just to make a bunch of toys seems ludicrous. Unless you want to, I don't know. It's weird. Well, growing up in the 80s, man, most all of the shows we watched were to And sell most toys. all the toys that you bought were Hasbro yeah. toys. Has, I mean, and Mattel is the only, really, if you think of the toy manufacturers in the United States, it's Hasbro and Mattel, and that's that's about sure. it. Mm-hmm. Used, there used to be Mego and Tomy and those guys, but right. Well, I don't mean, if we <clears throat> wanted to look at smaller toy companies, there's a lot of those lying around um, for you to step on in the middle of the night. Um <laughs> But he's not bitter, mind you. <laughs> no, Lego, you bastards. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, 
that that was an interesting thing. I'm sure people were going to want us to comment on that. So I figured we'd just wrap it all up in this uh, Wizards of the Coast thing. Any uh, big when's the next expansion for Magic come out? Uh, the next expansion is going to be after the new year. Oh, okay. So when you get back from hibernation, yeah, there will be a new expansion. Yes. When yes. I get when I get back from the Lopez sleep, there you go. <laughs> well, where his outer shell just cracks off, and a new shiny pink Lopez comes up from within. Yep. Scary. It's kind of disgusting. Actually. Scary, <laughs> but it's uh, it's true. <laughs> Why don't we get to some reviews? Reviews. So I think we I got a pretty uh, diversified um, bunch of things this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Uh, Matthew, last week, Batgirl thirty six came out. Yes. How did that uh, How did that all work? The second issue of the revamped bad guy, I don't know if I call it revamp, a new direction, a new creative team, Cameron Stewart and uh, I believe Babs Fletcher on art. Yeah, Brendan Fletcher, Babs Tarr Brendan on art. Brendan Fletcher. Babs Thank Tarr you. on art. And issue 35 got some really, really mixed reviews. And I was kind of mixed on it myself. Issue 36 continues Batgirl's new life. Essentially what happened is she accidentally burned down her old life. And now she's gone back to college. She's trying to finish her degree. She's living in an apartment with her new uh, roommate and Black Canary uh, for some reason. Well, because she also burned down Black Canary's uh, right. place by accident. And I, I, you know, I, said, I said when I was talking about issue 35 that it kind of felt like in the Gail Simone run, Barbara Gordon was about 25 years old. Now this feels like Barbara Gordon is about 21 years old. Yeah. So I can see why people are put off by it. But this issue really deals with just generally kind of housekeeping issues. There's a bit where she's getting into college. There's this cute new professor she has a crush on. She has this amazing new algorithm that will redesign social media. But the problem is it burned up in her house and now she has to recover it. So she has to have a big hard drive that she borrows from another cute guy around school. And then she engages in kind of a running battle with a couple of Anime supervillains, which is really great because they're actually based on actual supervillains from an anime in her life. I really like what they do with her um, Barbara's eidetic memory throughout these last couple of issues. You actually see it break down and you see it from her perspective for a moment where she remembers something. She sees the schematics and the breakdowns of all the things in front of her. It's really kind of neat. Batgirl goes into battle against the Jawbreaker twins. Which, by the way, love that name. Love that whole bit. Um, and then, of course, she has to end up at a comic store to find out information about the anime. And, of course, the comic store guy explains to her that he doesn't know anything about that anime. But he does know about Science Battle Hero Nuclear, the original Japanese title. I took that personally and was very offended for about a minute and a half. Um, this is a really cute issue. It's good. I like this kind of younger take on Batgirl. I like the costume. I like the whole adventure. I like the fact that at the end, all of her worlds come together and her roommate shows up and spills the beans that she has a crush on the professor. And then her friend shows up and spills the beans that she may have destroyed the computer program that actually got her, her fellowship at the college at the first place. And it just ends with Batgirl with her head face down on a table in abject terror that all of these things have crashed together in her life. A really neat issue, some really, really fun art, especially the flashbacks to the uh, anime cartoons that she grew up actually watching. Uh, There's a little cameo by a young Commissioner Gordon in here. He kind of looks like uh, Ben from TV. 
all in all, four slices of meatloaf, a really interesting issue, really fun issue building on what happened last month. Maybe it's just me, but I'm not necessarily too upset at Batgirl seemingly, you know, taking a step back and seeming a little younger for a while because there was a lot of darkness and a lot of grit and a lot of, you know, anger and blood and thunder in the first couple of years of the new 52. And even if they were good issues, it's interesting to see a take that isn't that. So I'm, I'm all on board with this book. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with issue 36 of Batgirl. Cool. All right. Thank you, Matthew, for that. That's uh, out last week from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo out, uh, is it this week? I think so. Or maybe it was last week. Doesn't matter. Jughead and Archie Comics Digest number seven from yes. Archie Comics. That's right. So if you're familiar with Archie Digests. Of course um, we all are. Yes. Um, well, unless well, you're definitely not. Or in case you never stand at the uh, checkout line at the Dillons. Yeah. Um, they still have those. Yeah. So... Um, what what they are is um, Archie comics um, appear in lots of publications and lots of Archie comics throughout history going forward and backwards in both directions and continue to expand like time, space, and the universe. <laughs> um, so what the Digests do is they take a bunch of stories that are kind of uh, thematic. So it's like, this is Jughead and Archie. So like a bunch of stories where Jughead is the central character because usually in Archie stories, Archie's still around no matter what. Right. Um, so this is just a bunch of uh, Jughead-centric stories. Um and they're cool. If you like Archie stuff, it's cool. It's fun. It's like really easy going and stuff. Um, the the main one that they're pushing, which is the very first one, is that uh, um, Jughead the all of his friends chip in and they buy him a new hat, and it's like identical to his Jughead <laughs> hat. Right? Yeah. Um, and Jughead being like one of three cartoon characters ever to wear that hat, and no real person ever. Um, but. Uh, so they, they get him a new hat, and he, he can't afford to get anybody anything big, so he just tells everybody what his dream gift for them is. And the thing about Jughead comics, like Jughead-centric comics, is that they tend to be a little weirder because Jughead's weird. So that's nice. If you like your Archie, but you also like some kind of weirder stuff, because like all the stuff that Jughead wants to get his friends is like impossible. Like He wants to get Betty a fragrance or, or a spray that keeps Archie from looking at other girls. Um, and, uh, there's this character who, um, I'm not very familiar with, but, uh, he's a, he's an artist. Like he says like, okay, for you two girls, I'll give you a spray that keeps uh, guys from looking at other girls. And, uh, one of the other girls is like, um, that's not a big deal. My problem is his work. He's an artist and he's always drawing and he doesn't spend enough time with me. So he's like, oh, I know I'll get, I'll get you a third arm for him. Yeah. And then so like they show him like cuddling her with like this robot arm sticking out of his back like drawing. <laughs> so again, if you're a fan of Archie, but you think to yourself, you know, Archie's not weird enough for me. Um, <laughs> but but superhero Archie is too weird. Then uh, you might want to check out Archie and Jughead Digest number seven. I think this is what this is. Yes, number seven. Um because it is kind of like that balance of weird. That's that's about what you're going to get. Um, for me, I like Archie in small doses. Um, so this digest is actually good. Even though it's a lot of concentrated Archie, you know, you kind of have the option to just pick it up, read a story, put it back down. It's fine. 
Everybody loves Archie. Even if you don't think you do, you kind of do. Um, <laughs> so stop fighting it. Uh, I'll give this three slices of meatloaf. It's perfectly fine. Exactly what you hope out of an Archie comic, and especially one where Jughead's the central character. There you go. Now, this you said this was story spread throughout time, so there's stuff from the... 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and no, today. It's, it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit more contained. It doesn't go quite that far. Okay. But I, I'd be willing to bet this goes back as far as the 90s, for example. Okay. Uh, for Sometimes those of you. You'll see them redraw like 70s stuff. Oh, you? I was reading one not too long ago, and it was still all bell bottoms and oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, snap <laughs> yeah. collars and everything. And you see so. that. That's, that is the great thing about Archie Comics is that it's been going on for so long, yep. and they do these like subtle redesigns on the characters. And, and actually, you know, unlike a lot of other kind of cartoon and comic characters, the the characters' heads are what sets them apart, so they actually vary what the characters wear a lot. Right, right. Like Betty and yeah. Veronica wear different outfits mm-hmm. every yeah. comic. Mm. Yep. And especially in the in women's fashion, you see a lot of changes with Betty and Veronica. But even in Archie, you see like actually what I described earlier. You see his like the tightness and looseness of his pants like change yeah, yeah, yeah. from bell bottoms to like parachute pants to like just completely baggy <laughs> pants. The ones with the belt around his legs. Yep. For those wondering, by the way, go ahead. Jughead's hat dates back to the 30s, and it generally indicates that the wearer is a mechanic. Uh-huh. If you want to see it in live action, Goober from the Andy Griffith Show wears a very similar beanie hat. I think I, I think I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those wondering, Riverdale is still a pilot in production over at uh, Warner Brothers for Fox, set <laughs> in the present. The series offers a bold, subversive take on Archie, Betty, Veronica, and their friends, exploring the surreal, the surreality, 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 surreality. There we go. A small town life, the darkness and weirdness bubbling beneath Riverdale's wholesome facade. Yeah, that doesn't sound like Archie at all. Does not, but it's in production. <laughs> um, Zach, you've been playing yo, yo, a yo. game, right? Sneaky, yeah, sneaky. I've been playing a game. And uh, I'm going to review it now. Sneaky Sneaky is a predominantly stealth-based game that came out from a new uh, independent developer called... Um, um, it's I don't know how to pronounce it. It's N-A-I-A-D Entertainment. Nyad. 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 There we go. Nyad Entertainment. And um, there's some really good things about this game. Um, if you like stealth... Like base missions, where you have to do some sneaking game, or you like a little stealth in your game. That is the main game mechanic in this. You are a thief who lost his jewels and needs to sneak into places and get them back and avoid enemies. Except you don't have to avoid them all the time. Um, but you are rewarded if you can like kill from a bush or someone's like back turned, they don't see you. Uh, your damage you do. Uh, just skyrockets. You can one hit kill a lot of people or take over half their health if they're a bigger, uh, a, a, a bigger enemy. Um, so this come this is out for Mac and PC. You can get it on the Steam on store. Steam, yeah. I think you can get it, um maybe on Humble, the Humble store also. Uh, I'm not sure, but I know you can get it on Steam. Um, this is a really I actually have a lot of fun. With this game, it's not a very dark game. It's very light and bubbly. Uh, has really nice art and uh, and animations that go along with it. Great sound design. The soundtrack uh, is, is is pretty nice and pleasant to listen to while you're doing some sneaking around the levels. 
Uh, it builds on itself. I think uh, that you you learn skills in like few like world two. Uh, that you can go back and use in the world one essentially to get a better star rating because this is like a one two or three star mm-hmm. game that we've seen right uh, um so that's interesting where uh, certain parts of the levels in world one you can't get to until you learn how to like break stones with these hammers mm-hmm. and then you can go back and play some levels again uh, and get three stars because there's like gems and certain enemies that you I uh, need to kill so you can like perfect out a level, which I think uh, gives it a lot of replayability. You can go back and search for different ways and how you can get uh, to three stars because you certainly can't uh, always on the first time through. Uh, so this game originally when it came out was ten dollars, uh, which felt uh, too much, and eventually the game developers realized it because it's a pretty short game. There's only three worlds. Wow. Uh, with maybe like eight levels to a world and they're pretty quick I mean, you can get through them in not very long yeah. uh, time so ten dollars seemed kind of uh, uh a steep at first but they've knocked it down to five dollars now which i think is a pretty i think i think it's an okay price range that still seems high really for a for an ios game it's not I, it's it's on uh it's on it's mac oh okay. it's on pc Steam. Yeah, yeah mac pc so you can get it for anything um i think it would be um it would translate really well to the iPad because all it is is like a lot of point and click mm-hmm. and maybe like click on your uh, uh, toolbar and pick a potion or uh, like uh, uh, get some items and stuff. I think it would translate really well and I hope they would make an Android and iOS port for it in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this game could have legs in the Steam Workshop where we've seen games like Portal or uh, I mean, a whole lot of games will go and they'll let their own users and fans create elements to the game and they can extend the life of a game forever. Like we've seen like Team Fortress go on forever oh, with sure. kind of stuff like this. And I think it lends its well. I mean, it's a puzzle-based game. We've seen a lot of games uh, benefit from that. I and mean, it's pretty simplistic. And I think that it would benefit really well. And it'd be, you could do a lot of interesting things with it. Um, it. Part of the game is turn-based. And I really like turn-based combat. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, when you're doing some sneaking... Uh, you can like move independently without people, but once you get in, like once you're spotted, uh, then it goes into turn based. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty interesting mechanics that they don't actually just come out and say um, the benefit of you. They just kind of point you in the right direction where there's mm-hmm. these, like these little pawns. So if you're running low on moves, you get three moves for your turn. If you're running low and you get next to a pond, you can like refresh all of your moves by like drinking water. Um, so you can either fill up a potion bottle or, uh, or or drink a pond if you're out of them, and then you can like go and it can help you like people. Um, so I think it's a, I think I've enjoyed it a lot. I've almost beat it, and I haven't really put that much time into it. Uh, so that yeah, ten dollars was I think too high. I think they've got it down to a decent price, and people have kind of responded, and more people have jumped on it since then. And didn't you give away a couple of copies of this? Uh yeah, I'm in the pro- I haven't yet because I was too busy yesterday preparing for everything else this week. Uh but yeah, tomorrow Wednesday, um I got five uh uh Steam keys for the game from a company from the developer, right? Uh no, it for the PR firm oh, they okay. hired. Okay. Um and so we're giving those out and people have been uh entering that contest over at the Major Spoilers YouTube channel. So I think this Which is, is fun. What's that channel? That's uh Major Spoilers video. There you over go. on YouTube. Uh so this is fun. I hope it ports to the iPad. I think it'd be interesting. I would love to see this some DLC and continue the game because it's not really a 
specific storyline. They just have to follow just some more puzzles and stuff. Um, but I'm going to give this um, three and a half slices of meatloaf, hoping that more content is coming in the future. But yeah. I, I still think it's it's a nice game. Uh, it, I would have had to rate it lower for $10, though. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You can yeah. go get that now. Yep. Um, out sometime this month. Now, on Friday, on Finally Friday, I talked about the beautiful Lego 2 Dark book, which is really cool. This is a this is out by a No Starch Press. And basically, it's a coffee table book where they've just got these beautiful images of Lego things that people have put together that mm-hmm. fall into this uh, theme of dark or moody, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What I've been waiting for and what finally came today was Steampunk Lego. Ooh. This is out uh, this week. Or, uh, it's got to be out this week, because next week, Thanksgiving, eh, maybe it'll be out next Tuesday. I don't know. They just say it'll be out in November. Steampunk Lego by Guy Himber. Uh, again, he's gone out and he's found all these people who have created very steampunky Lego builds um, in a variety of different categories. And then he went through and wrote up little stories about them, who the creators were in this fictional steampunk world, and uh, just has a great job of laying it out. Now, this book is a coffee table book, even though it doesn't look like a coffee table book, uh, because it's book size. To me, a coffee table book is uh, really big mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> that you could make a coffee table out of. Um, but it's uh, really well laid out. It's very pretty. It does not have instructions on how to build things. Neither mm-hmm. does the uh, beautiful Lego 2 uh, dark book. Uh, no Starch Press does have some books that, like the space one that I talked about some time ago, that does have instructions on how to build things. Uh, but this is a very nice art book. And if you're looking for inspiration, if you're looking to see what other people have done, if you're tired of going to uh, Flickr and, and doing a bunch of different Flickr searches, these books are really good books to pick up. And uh, like I said, the uh, Steampunk Lego is out this month. It's twenty nine ninety five. I really liked it a lot. I'm giving it four and a half slices of meatloaf. Are these the same people that did the Akira bike book? Or just different No, company? that was somebody just on their own who did that. Okay, okay. By the way, Zach, farthings. A, uh, a naiad is a type of nymph mm-hmm. from Greek mythology. Oh, okay. There you go. Cool. I still have a uh, still suffering through this uh, cold <coughs> coffee thing this week. You sound you're better. Just, you're suffering through you cold coffee? I'm suffering through cold <laughs> coffee, which some people pay a premium for. I know. And I got it for free. Yeah. Um, yeah, I sound a little bit better. Today, I don't... It's like... From two weeks ago to today, it's moved from my lower lungs to my mid lungs mm-hmm. to my mid to upper lungs and head to uh-huh. now it's like concentrated just right in my head. <laughs> oh, good. It should come out the top here pretty soon. I'm expecting yep. it to. I thought maybe today would be it, but uh, anytime I try to start talking, it just is like no, painful. Yeah, so the doctor put me on some uh, antibiotics. Finally saw the doctor. Well, I went and saw him a week ago, and he gave me gave me this uh, drug. What is it called? It's called the uh, no, no, no. It's uh, placebo. Cephalexin. No, it's oh. placebo. Oh, placebo. And he said that this was he said that this was the maximum strength placebo that, wow. that they had. Wow, I'm mm-hmm. surprised you're oh. like standing. That's, I know, yeah. right? I mean, it should have you out. I would I would have thought so. I thought it would have cleared me up just like that, yeah. but apparently this was not right. a strong a placebo that you needed uh, to double up the dose. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Today he gave me something else with some weird Latin name on it. I think this one is called Viagra. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. <laughs> Things will diff- come shooting a, out very quickly. <laughs> that's so. a different kind of name. Uh, I think it's called Cointel Pros. 
Um, but uh, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can read a bunch of reviews over there. I was going through, Zach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did we already talk about the Walking Dead companion series on the site? The Walking Dead companion series? Yeah, the spinoff? Yeah. Did you, already, uh, did you already talk about that? I mean, they announced it a long time ago. I didn't know if you talked about it on the site yet. Um, I'm assuming we did. It was a long time ago. They have, like It was first talked about. I don't think much has been said about it. The companion series will tackle the issue of how the zombie apocalypse is playing out beyond the borders of Georgia. <laughs> so there you go. Well, there you go. Here's word on... odd statement. On Wonder <laughs> yes, Woman. there are zombies outside of Georgia. Um, let's see. They don't have... It's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've got some stuff on Wonder Woman here. But they, uh... It's interesting, like, they don't have Gal Gadot name attached to that. And in this listing, they usually attach people... You know, list people who are already attached to the movies. Which is really weird. Well, they've... Wonder Brothers has been weird about that in general lately. Yeah. I mean, they did that with when they, they announced all the, the movies. They have the Suicide Squad listed here. And kind of give a breakdown of it. And, of course, this site, I think, is just... Uh, sharing the rumors of who they think has been cast or hired for these different ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jared Leto as uh, the Joker, Tom Hardy for Rick Flagg, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, or Roby. Yeah, that one, yeah. Will Smith She'd for Digger Harkness. Oh. Uh, Jai Courtney for uh, Deathshot. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor reprising his role from, uh, from, the, from the upcoming movie that has yet to come out. And then, of course, the $6 billion man has been uh, confirmed. Oh, gracious. With uh, (laughs) Marky Mark. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Is he for real? Yes. Oh, man. Awesome. Steve Austin. (laughs) Street rapper. I'm I'm okay with that, Um, especially because uh, Marky... I'm sorry, Mark Wahlberg (laughs) is is kind of like... uh, is, Is a little older now. And like you yeah. kind of want, you kind of want your six, however much money, man, to six to, a billion. Yeah, yeah, to be to be like you know pushing. I, I'd say you, you'd want him like pushing forty, definitely. Like you mm-hmm. want him to be somebody who well, like, he has to be a test pilot, had, right? Yeah, has had that like good, awesome military career is now on the out, and then he like the accident kind of like pulls him back in. You want somebody accomplished? How old was Lee Majors in nineteen seventy? I don't know. You'd have to look. Probably old. He looked like he was in his forties. He's yeah, probably yeah. like I mean, twenty-two. Yeah. But he, he looked, you know, he looked wizened and grizzled in words like that. I just that. hope the movie has him fighting a giant Sasquatch. And you got to have the death probe from Venus. Yeah, like, a, like a crazy space probe, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you want to hear the crisp, clear sound of my mucus. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, head over to tweakedaudio.com. Uh, they sent me a report today of uh, what people have been buying and the parkour uh, series of headphones mm-hmm. are the ones that people have been buying the most of. Our listeners are pretty hardcore. Yeah, they are. Hardcore parkour. But here's the best part about it. Whether you buy the parkour or whether you buy some other brand, or not some other brand, some other uh, style, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're going to get 30% off when you use the checkout code MAJOR at tweakedaudio.com. So thank you for sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. They've probably been sponsoring this episode for, what, 400 episodes or so? It's been a long time. We like it. By the way, Lee Majors, at the time of the first episode of The Six Million Dollar Man, was 38 years old. There you go, almost 40. Pretty close. Yep. So people were like, oh, what big special thing are you guys going to do for your 600 episode? Eh, I don't know. It's nothing. Nothing, nothing really big. 
Glavin. But I thought we could really quickly take a look at some uh, comic books that actually hit issue 600. Mm -hmm. For example, Action Comics number 600. Oh, I love that book. This is where uh, Superman and Wonder Woman are making out. (laughs) Right on the cover. And she's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. I am not your personal conquest. Why don't we get to know one another? And he's like, well, uh, gee, I thought uh, I've been thinking about you and had an interesting dream about you the other night. Yeah, that's, that was a great line. He's like, well, I even had a dream about you and stuff. Superman, you nerd. Yeah, that basically <laughs> is what it was. And then, of course, I, there's I the... I that line successfully. It's and then, like of course, there's a newspaper in Boston that is uh, spreading the rumor that they're an item and Lois Lane is all upset. Mm-hmm. Ugh. This, is, this is the, great, the greatest thing about uh, going through and reading these issues is that it allows you to say, uh, remember back when. Like, remember back when Lois Lane had a pixie cut? Those were weird. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Definitely weird. You know what um, I really loved about this whole issue, though? Is if you look at it, it looks like George Perez inked all the Wonder Womans and John Byrne inked all the Supermans. So throughout the issue, if you actually sit and you look and... Granted, if you're a nerd like me who knows what George Perez inking looks like, you can actually sit there and kind of think to yourself who did what in the art, which is super nerdy and probably just crushed everybody's buzz. I'm, oh, I'll be over here. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so uh, what's also interesting is we just read the Wonder Woman yeah. uh, book mm-hmm. and with Darkseid as the, as the big bad. And who shows up again to spoil oh, their oh. first date of flying over the... <laughs> Wheat fields and saying, I command everything I see, yes. Wonder Woman. We are kind of like gods now that I think about yeah. it. <laughs> We're amazing. Let's kill them all. So, uh, Darkseid has attacked uh, Olympus mm-hmm. and uh, tried and to trick Wonder Woman and Superman into fighting each other. Is Olympus always shaped like an, an Escher painting? Or is that some uh, weird Darkseid thing? This is the George Perez revamp. In 1987, George Perez revamped Wonder Woman after the crisis. Mm-hmm. So as of 1987, yes, Olympus always looked like that. I, I don't think it does anymore. Okay. Cause this is like but that, yeah, that weird. was his big thing was he went back to, he took Wonder Woman back to a lot of real heavy-duty mythology. And, and supposedly they dragged that Escher painting thing out of somewhere actually in some sort of Greek myth, I want to hmm. say. Yeah, yeah, and they, um, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot more ties, uh, obviously, very early on to New God stuff and kind of tying all that right, stuff right, together. Right. So you can see like the influences there. I do love Darkseid in here. He's very, you know, in other in other books that we've read, he's very, you know, he looks like he's made of stone, and they mm-hmm. don't pose him very much. Right. Yet when Superman and Wonder Woman foil his plot to have them duke it out to the death, he's like all crouched down and bent over, and <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> and it's just like, what is so cool? Yeah, Burton does a really good dark side. It's hard to do his face without yeah. making him look like a bell. Well, he has some craggly teeth like in a couple of panels, which is mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. He gets mad and screams. He laughs yeah, a lot. It's yeah, it's good. I like I like this take he, on the dark like side. More mustache twirly in this one, definitely. <laughs> he, he has a really yeah, weird yeah. body shape mm-hmm. that I really noticed in this. Well, that's why he has to wear a dress. I mean, because Wonder Woman's standing there, and Darkseid, like, width-wise, is like three Wonder Women. Right. But he's like the height of Wonder Woman, yes. but with his legs like go to Wonder Woman's knees. That dude is like all torso. Yeah. He's weird looking. Well, Darkseid's sister, Kathy, actually has her own comic strip as well. And has Kathy, a very Kathy side. <laughs> she always goes, ack, ack. Yeah, exactly. And Darkseid, um, you know, he went into a different line of work, but he has the same problems choosing a bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And he wears a skirt because it's slimming, see? Mm. Poor Lois. She's going to have a night at home. Clark comes over. She's going to surprise him by saying, hey, big fella, why don't you go uh, get a pizza? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm wearing my bathrobe. Yeah. And he's not there because he's off saving a baby. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Kurt Schaffenberger art, though, which I think is pretty interesting. You know, in, in a big uh, thing, Schaffenberger drew uh, Supergirl a lot in the 50s. Mm. So that's fun. Well, that's one of the nice things about um, issues like this, mm-hmm. especially and I, Batman kind of does it in a couple of a couple of the stories where they're like, hey, let's bring back people that have worked yeah, in sure. this style yeah. of mm-hmm. the character before and let's tell those kind of tales, which I think works kind of kind of nicely. Um, yeah. I forget what the third. What was the third story? The third Olsen story is Lex, Lex, Lex Luthor threatening oh, yes. to out Maggie Sawyer as a lesbian. Yes, and that was well played. Mm-hmm. But this is also the point where Lex Luthor loses his hand. Yeah, yep. which is Luthor a big Luthor loses uh, his hand to Kryptonite. Whoa. and he, Maggie Sawyer's it? eyebrows actually go into business for themselves. Oh yeah, man. Over <laughs> the city. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, uh, oh. Don't they cut off Luthor's hand? Um, he wears Not a black. Long after. Yeah, he wears a black glove. So when they get into like uh, Lex Luthor, president, yeah, um, you see all these portrait pictures of Lex Luthor, and he's just wearing this black leather glove uh, because it's a robot hand, and he doesn't again, want people to know. He goes, again, "Remember back when Luthor had a robot hand?" <laughs> so he goes hand. full on uh, yeah. Anakin. Then he, well, then he or, died, and yeah. they cloned him into a younger body and younger, thinner body. Yeah. Right, and uh, then he he grew back to his old self. Also, this was was this the eighties? This was nineteen eighty eight. So. So wearing a single glove was in. Luke Skywalker was doing it. Michael, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Jackson was doing, was doing it. it. Yeah. yeah, Lex Luthor I was doing it. I, had I don't know. This is glove. this is my favorite kind of Lex Luthor. Bald Lex Luthor, just super vile. Mm-hmm. Has to yes. wear kryptonite on his hand to keep Superman at bay at all times. Just overweight and just evil, 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 evil. From yeah. you know, Completely but yet like better. Yes, but the but the crazy. The, yeah, but the crazy thing is, he's right when he's talking to Maggie, saying, "The people of Metropolis love me." I give them jobs. I bring, you know, I bring in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring in commerce, and it's like you're right. He is, and it makes sense that when he did run for president, mm-hmm. what probably was it four years, five years later? Oh, it was more like twelve. Lex was oh, really? elected in two thousand. Wow, that was a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was. <coughs> then we get a uh, Jimmy story. <laughs> yeah, yeah or I really Superman. Like that. that was fun. The Jimmy story is Kurt Swan art. Kurt Swan, of course, a classic 60s Superman artist. So uh, somehow kryptonite has uh, taken over the entire atmosphere, and yep. Jimmy has to figure out a way to get Superman down into some lead-lined caves. Mm-hmm. And then promises he'll be back. I'll be back, Superman. I'll, I'll save you, Superman. <laughs> you know, in the, uh, in the radio serials, that's where kryptonite first appeared, was in the radio serials. It wasn't in the oh. comic books. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And uh, what was happening was the person who was playing Superman... Um, Bud Collier. Yeah, Bud. Yeah, he had to go on vacation. He had three weeks of vacation that was owed to him, and he's like, "I'm taking this vacation." And they're like, "But you're Superman." He's like, "Sorry, man, my contract says I get this vacation." So instead of bringing a stunt voice, Mm -hmm. which would be really hard because uh, he could go from a kind of a timid, meek voice to the "This looks like a job for Superman," you know, that kind of thing without having a cold. And so they invented this mysterious rock kryptonite Mm -hmm. that would put Superman under. So essentially, what happened was. They had three weeks or so of Jimmy and Lois trying to figure out where Superman had went. Right. And every time they'd say, meanwhile, over in the woodshed, you just heard somebody else going, or, Batman and Robin showed up for part of it. Oh, did they in that one? So Kryptonite originally appeared in the radio series. And used as a 
crappy plot device, even in his first <laughs> appearance. It and was created as crappy plot device. The thing that I love about this is at the end of this issue, Superman asks, quote unquote, an old friend for help. And that old friend is Hawkman. And the explanation is that Hawkman is also an alien. Mm hmm. But right after this, Hawkman was retconned as never having been an alien. <laughs> mm. Because reboots in the 1980s were not necessarily any more organized than they are in 2014. So this whole Hawkman story with, by the way, Mike Mignola drawing Hawkman on that last page. Well, which, what's really crazy about this is Jimmy's going out for help, and yet it's Man Bat who, who shows up in the cave. Because Man Bat is useful. <laughs> is he? Jimmy, yes. Jimmy's a dork. Man Bat is like a level two sort of anti-hero. Jimmy is level zero sidekick material. You get all the way up. Superman's an 11. Hawkman's at 8.5. There's many subtle shades of these. You guys don't know about the list? Okay. Well, what's, what, I, what I also find interesting in, in this issue is most of the stories are somewhat standalone. This is mm -hmm. the only one that says... Mm -hmm. You've got to go read whatever to find out what happens next. Right. Yep. Leads over into the next story. Um, the John Byrne reboot of Superman that started with Superman number one in 1986 has a couple, three issues, Superman like 1920 and I think maybe 1920-21, that are early Mike Mignola art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the Hellboy guy. And he does this amazing weird freaky dark superman for like two issues mm -hmm. right in the middle of this clean john byrne stuff it cracks me up every time i go through those issues because they just sort of pop up and you're like oh look that's uh, the hellboy guy was that was that the one where he gets like the flashbacks to krypton or something like that or he like sees mm -hmm. through time yeah we actually see, like, reviewed yeah for the man the who issues. has everything well we reviewed the volume one of Superman, I think, like, issues one through 20-something-something. Something oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so, where he kills the... Uh, right, right, uh -huh. because, of, kills because the, of that. Um, so, but yeah, there in the middle, there's, like, these flashbacks to Krypton or something like that. I don't remember exactly how it comes up. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's like Kryptonians look like what eventually, uh, like, his... Hellboy like, looks dead, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like... And there's, you see it a lot, like, slashes across of, of darkness yeah, yeah. across the eyes mm -hmm. with, like, eyes just poking out. Yeah. them and things like that it is it's very Mignola but still clearly trying to keep that under control to maintain the house style a little bit right. mm -hmm. Zach what'd you think of your trip back to Superman 1987 oh for what we read yeah yeah oh I actually really enjoyed this a lot oh, I didn't know what year it came out <laughs> I thought maybe there was something else uh, the comic we've been talking about for the last 15 yeah, minutes I, I really enjoyed it a lot um yeah, there was nothing that I didn't really like I thought the more I actually read Superman, the more I like Superman. And of course, only Superman I read is on the show, and we've probably read some of the like probably some. Yeah, of we do. Yeah. Superman do I can, mostly. I can give you some really, really bad Superman. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, and this this Superman stuff made me like the character of Superman a lot more. So that's cool. Cool. This is a good issue too because it you know if you look at it, you can see where people's distaste. For breaking up the Superman Lois uh, marriage hmm. and putting him together with Wonder Woman comes from, because for me, when this is the story, the first time somebody said, "What happens if Superman and Wonder Woman date?" and it's you know a sixty-page cluster schmoz. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a and, whole series on on that now. Well, yeah, Superman and that's and the Woman. thing. They're 
they're officially dating now and they think it's a really great idea. And I still think back to this story and I go, this story Where makes Wonder a Woman really was like, good Yo, point. Step off, Superman. <laughs> I've yes. only been in man's world for a little bit of time. Yeah. And yet I understand this whole sex thing. <laughs> you got to give me some time. Look at her face when he's kissing her. Yeah, oh, yeah she's, she's like, like she's, she's got like, like one what? eye open. Like what? Oh, like, so, what the? did you guys see this comic that's circulating around the Facebook uh, this week? It's totally not safe for work, but it's Superman and Lois Lane finally are going to get it on. Mm-hmm. And she's naked, laying in bed, and they're talking about this. And Superman's taking off his his clothes, and finally he takes down his pants. And she's like, "Oh my God, what is that? Why does it have pincers?" Yeah. And he's like, "To grab a hold of you." And then the <laughs> bottom panel was, and Lois Lane. Once and for all, knew Superman was an alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, well, there you go. That is terrible. Uh, let's flip over. Well, this would have been in uh, probably the 2000s as well, close to 2000. Batman 600. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman. Fr- this is right in the middle of this uh, storyline Batman criminal, Batman fugitive. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne fugitive. And. Yeah. Um, Man, this is the time when I really walked away from Batman for here's a, a long Here's the funny thing: is like I, I kind of wanted to like, hey, remember back when da da da? But it's like actually, Batman hasn't changed almost at all since then. Well, what's interesting: this is Ed Brubaker writing the main story mm-hmm. of uh, Batman Fugitive, Batman Criminal, where um, basically uh, Bruce Wayne is assigned a bodyguard, mm-hmm. right. and they kind of start falling in love, and then. Um, she finds out he's Batman, mm-hmm. and then is it her that dies, or is it Vesper that dies? Vesper, I think Vesper is the body yeah. guard, okay. maybe. Vesper gets murdered. Right. Bruce Wayne is implicated. Right. And then and he Batman has to, takes this as an opportunity to, to be a uh, jerk. To really, I mean, this is like Batman at jerky jerkiest. Yeah. Um, even more so than this. even more so than um, you know, Dark Knight Returns, sure. Batman. Oh, uh, this is this where is, I don't know if this is the first time that we see Batman saying, "Hey, that Bruce Wayne." That was just a persona. And this, now Batman can be Batman forever. This is amazing because this Batman uh, in the Batman continuity, I would say, gives a run for his money to the all-star Batman and Robin Batman as yeah. far as bad oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for <laughs> jerkiness. And this is the first time a lot of people made that argument and had been making that argument. This is the first time it was explicitly right. part of the text, right. where Batman said, "Bruce Wayne is the mask, and I am the real bad." And that—that's what I hate about this issue. Well, mm-hmm. and, you know, I said that I stepped away for there. There have been a couple of periods where I've stepped yeah. away from Batman, and this was one of them because as soon as it hit two, because they had that ten cent issue, which was the yeah. kickoff of this, and yep. I read it and I was like, "Sorry, I'm out," and I went away for probably three years reading Batman specifically. I mean, I'm still yep. buying them, but just totally not reading them. <laughs> Put them in a box. Were you going to say yeah, something? Yeah, like- I truly hated this issue. Like it was, I it was just so annoying. So, yeah. and I guess I never really addressed how I felt about the whole um, Bruce Wayne is the outer persona, yeah. or he's the he's the mask for yeah. Batman. And I think I really hate that. <laughs> I think I truly dislike that well, whole that was, idea. I think that's one of the things that came to the conclusion of this big, long arc that right. went, wasn't it 12 issues or something? It was a long time. Yeah. And yeah, the, the upshot of all of it was kind of just like Azrael, where they put up something that people had said to refute it. But the point where he spends a page and a half and then finally punches out his son 
for for literally no reason other than to show how he's the Batmaniest Batman that ever did Batman, and you know leaves leaves his son lying in a bloody heap and takes off. That to me is just like the worst way to set this up. Yeah, yeah. No matter where they were going with the story, I would you know I'm out. I I didn't read Batman in 2002, but. I would have been out had I read this then. And I'm going to retroactively decide that in 2002, I don't read Batman again. Mm-hmm. You double don't I'm, read Batman. I'm, I'm yeah. going to read it, not read it twice. But, you know, like I said, the upshot of the end of the series was, oh, yes, I have, I am Bruce Wayne and I am Batman and I can be both of these. One is just as important as the other. And I'm I like think that kind of Batman helped. Just props. Yeah. And I think that kind of helped um, Grant Morrison years later when he did Batman Inc., Mm-hmm. To where Bruce Wayne was a vital part of being up front of, hey, I'm funding Batman. You right. know, so sure. um, I thought the uh, mystery of the Black Bat story was fun. Yeah, I like the way that they aped, uh, and I'm going to do this again, Dick Sprang's oh, Dick 50s Sprang, yeah. art. Yeah, that was really well done. I'm not sure who did the art on that, but it was a really good Dick Sprang pastiche all the way through. It was a time travel story. Oh, Robin, uh, stop. You're confusing me. <laughs> Yeah, and the best part was the time travel stories actually happened in the fifties with, yep, with that, that guy, doctor, Professor yeah. something, something, Professor Jenkins or Jensen or something Nichols, yes, who has the machine that hypnotizes them into thinking they're back in. Time yeah, that's the weirdest part. <laughs> without actually going back in time, basically, it's a hypnotic thing that locks into some sort of time wave. Blah blah blah. Fish cakes techno. Isn't battle. it almost kind of like what uh, Adam Strange is kind of like? stuff a little bit well uh, depending on who's writing yeah they don't sometimes they indicate that they don't actually travel at all this is just <laughs> their brains experiencing something but yeah that's a that's a cute story and i really love the gil kane arc because gil kane had just died when this book came out like a couple of years earlier on that second story the 70s batgirl robin crossover yeah mm-hmm that that's a wonderful story. That's a great tribute to that new look '60s Batman. Yeah, James uh, Tucker did the uh, the Dick Sprang um, piece, and mm-hmm. it was uh, Stefano uh, G A U D A N O and Eric Schanauer, uh, who we know now doing a lot of stuff online. And for who else is he doing some stuff with? He's doing stuff for Marvel, I think, right now. I think so yeah. doing the, uh, the the story after that. Yeah, and. You know, it, very kind of television-influenced story with the, the Mad Hatter and a weird Joker and cool Batgirl being cool. Patton Oswalt wrote one of these stories. <laughs> yes, he did. He did the... Uh, <laughs> the dark, groovy, solid, yeah. far out, right on, and completely with it night. Sergio <laughs> Ar- Aragones uh, yeah. <laughs> story. Best Batman story yeah, yeah, of yeah. the modern era. Yep. Where Batman has to dress in his seventies <laughs> era clothing. It's a great story. It's a it's a completely senseless lunatic seventies joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the scarecrow wearing keep on trucking pants. Yep. You gotta love that. Yep. Uh, I think this final story is the one that, and I think the mystery of the black bat were the two saving graces for this issue. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because the the main story just totally not. Grimmy, grimmy, grimness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, let's not forget about the Marvel side. Oh, what's Spider-Man? really crazy is it's like, you know, we hit an '80s book, and then we're hitting a '2000s with Batman, 
um, yep. late 90s, early 2000s. But, you know, we hit Amazing Spider-Man 600. And this was a book that was just out like two years ago yeah. or something like that. Nine, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's really crazy because when we look at the events that led to Peter Parker's death and um, Doc Ock's mentally yep. messing Taking with uh, <laughs> with with Spider-Man's head. Mm-hmm. This is the issue that they keep referring back to. So this was mm-hmm. this was slot this is Dan's, it. yeah he wrote it and this yes. is this is where he started it. This all. is where he started yeah. it all. Yeah. So I found it very, very fascinating. How many times have you been hit by superheroes? Well, there was this time, and there was this time, (laughs) and then there was this time. 85 separate incidents of head (laughs) trauma. The best part is, if you know your Doc Ock history, those moments actually happened. Yeah. They actually called up the issues where Doc Ock was punched in the head, and that that I liked, too. And, of course, all this is going on during uh, Aunt May's wedding. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Doc has to uh, mess around with that. Which, which is interesting for me because uh, my my dad has like this old stack of comics uh, that I have now, which is like my first ever like entry into reading a comic. And one of them is the mm-hmm. uh, Doc Ock oh, Mary's, Mary's Aunt, May. Uh, Aunt, yeah. May, Aunt, May. Aunt May issue. I was yep. like, hey, they referenced that, and I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to fit in. Yeah, it's like Amazing Spider-Man in the 140s, 20s? It's in the 90s. Again, uh, a great example that just because you're a Bronze Age comic doesn't mean you can't go Silver Age every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's nice about this is that it is a big anniversary issue, so why mm. not bring everybody into the party? <laughs> So you get the Fantastic Four show up, the mm-hmm. X-Men show up, Captain America shows up, because uh, stuff's Daredevil. about to get crazy. Daredevil. Daredevil's in the beginning. And Daredevil's Daredevil. like, don't tell me your secret identity, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. By the, the way, what one? is that thing? What is it that prevents Daredevil from seeing Spider-Man? He's blind. It's one more day. Not that. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the devil. Right. During it. the one more day, Peter's secret identity was revamped. Um... And somewhere along the line, I believe the actual explanation was that Reed Richards... And Doctor Strange created some techno magic babble thing. Uh, yeah, that as long as as long as nobody knew who Spider Man was, everybody right. was safe. But the minute that and the more people he tells, the the yeah, looser the, the spell gets. Right. Mm-hmm. I still say the best moment in Spider Man history is when Blindside, the guy who can make you blind, yes. grabs a hold of Daredevil and goes, Ha ha, I've used my yes. powers on you <laughs> and then gets kicked through a plate glass window. <laughs> And then, uh, of course, Mary Jane shows back up. Yes, and that's a big deal. Mary Jane had been missing since the beginning of One More Day and issue like 545. But yeah, the, the return of Mary Jane is almost as impressive as Jonah Jameson and Peter Parker almost kind of making up. Yep. And there's now some that nice... we're related, can I borrow 50 bucks? Yeah, that's good. Parker. That's good. And then there's a nice little uh, Uncle Ben story. Where uh, he's going in to tell young Peter, hey, your dad would be proud of you and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. Peter's like, I just want you to be proud of me. Which I thought was really nice and touching. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I cried. Little, uh, Such a beautiful story. Little King Kirby in there? You little, think? little Kirby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely putting some Kirby vibe on Uncle Ben there. Then there's a horrific art story. <laughs> right after that. That's like Aunt May's face is like peeling off of her head. and. <laughs> She looks like the devil. She looks like uh, I don't know. She looks it literally. It looks like someone's wearing an Aunt Aunt May skin on their body. Wow, it's, Han- it's Hannibal. <laughs> it's doll face. Yeah, there's what it is. 
I liked the the, the, maker, the, the heart yeah. of that story had potential if it weren't for the fact that the lead part of the story had her talking to Ben's grave right. and, and it felt like she got Ben's approval during the original that first yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. And then we come back during this follow up and after the wedding, she's like, I wish you could give me your approval. I'm like, but didn't she get that like 15 <laughs> pages ago? Mark yeah. Guggenheim. What the what the what? Yeah, and kind of in a better, more succinct way, too. Sure. Yeah, in, in a much less... Like, melodramatic way. Narmy yeah. <laughs> kind of way. But then, of course, the best best issue ever. Uh, the reason the, why you don't make fun of Sp- Spider-Man in you public? You don't make fun of the Spider-Mobile. Well, you just don't make fun of Spider-Man at all, because your mama will come down and uh, give you yeah, the I what for you. I want a spider mobile. I would drive a spider mobile. I'm sure somebody has made a spider mobile out there. Who's the uh, who's the guy that had the car show, the custom uh, car George show? George Barris. Yes, I bet he has a spider mobile somewhere. If anyone wants to send That'd us awesome. a spider mobile, uh, send it to you- podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> a piece at a time through the mail. Nice. Uh, well, Stephen has a 3D printer now. So yeah, there you go. He does. We can just. Printed piece by piece. <laughs> Print nice, me uh, up a spider comic, comic book guy uh, reference. Yeah. Yes. Was not expecting oh, that's, that. That's actually not comic book guy. That's me. Yeah, nice Matthew Peters. On <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. I, I knew Don Slott in high school. And then uh, you got, uh, what is it? Some, uh, what's this violent vision story? That's one I just skipped, to be honest that with you. That is the lead in to Craven's, the, the resurrection of Craven. Ah, okay. That's mm. Madam Webb who is a weird psychic spider person, uh, basically yeah. seeing the terrible things and getting beaten up by Craven's daughter. It's not as good a story as you might think, although it does finally tie together how many children Craven has and which, if any of them, are dead. Does Madame Webb, does she change character at one point, or is it the same lady that's like Madame Webb the, now that was like in the in whole the, 700 thing? This Madame Webb dies. Okay. The second Spider Woman, Julia Carpenter, becomes a new Madam Web. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And the Madam Web thing apparently carries down and ties into whatever Slot is doing now with Spider Verse. Now that I think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he so, he sprinkles gotcha. her in there. Do you like this issue? Um, I skipped a lot of the the last stuff. But it's way too long. Yeah, it's super hey. freaking long. It's like 100 pages. Uh, but the main story, I really dug. I mean, it had a lot of the good Spider-Man stuff that I like. Um, and this is just some of the stuff I hadn't read of Dan Slott's run, which was cool. And then um, him team up with the Fantastic Four, I think, is always good time, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then seeing everyone else. Yeah, no, this was this was a good issue. Rodrigo? I did enjoy it because um, I haven't read a lot of Spider-Man recently. So I actually really like John Romita Jr., so, yes. um, John Romita Jr.'s art on anything, I'm usually there. I thought this was an okay. I, I like that this yeah, is yeah. where it all starts with 600, and that uh, slot laid the groundwork mm-hmm. for what was to come. And then um, they did it like was 100 long issues ago. in a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Let's uh, take a look at The Incredible Hulk at 600. Yeah. Do we have to? I was going to say, do we really have to? Remember, (laughs) you guys remember back when uh, there was only one Hulk and then we got like 17 of them? When did did this issue come out? Of like a year. When did this issue come out? 600 would have been 2006. It's crazy how 
you know, it's like there's a 20 year difference between some of these issues hitting 600. Yeah. Well, and you got to remember, Hulk didn't actually do the first hundred issues of his run. Right, right. Hulk took over an existing title, mm-hmm. Journey into Something or Other. Right. Now it wasn't Journey, it was Tales, maybe Tales well, to Astonish. You know, Tales to Astonish. Right before this was The Incredible Hercules, right? Wasn't that what this book was called before uh, well, it yeah, referred to that? So, yeah, so there was Hulk, mm-hmm. and then uh, Planet they Hulk gave, thing. Yeah, during Planet Hulk... They took Hulk's title and actually kept the point of view of Amadeus Cho, right. I think, and, yeah, and, then, and, gave it to Hercules. and then gave it to Hercules through that weird pivot, which was like, it's a really interesting thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't hate that. I think that was like a, a weirdly good idea. What, what, what big event took place right before this? They're like referencing uh, everyone's planet like Hulk. planet. Hulk. Okay, that's what I thought. That's where they shot him off into where space. Where the Hulk came back from space, uh, all mad at the Avengers for shooting him into space. <laughs> Then he gets captured by the Agents of AIM. Then he did World War Hulk. And then, of course, Red Hulk. And that's what we find out here. And do we know it in this issue? No, that we don't. Because the, the General is standing around no. in, the, uh, in the containment scene. No, the Red Hulk thing took like two years to reveal. And when they finally revealed it, nobody cared anymore. <laughs> well, but I thought it was interesting because he's standing right there in the middle of that double-page spread with yeah. uh, MODOK and... And a banner in the uh, in the green containment unit and everything. Yeah. There were a number of uh, red herrings as to who the Red Hulk could be. Uh-huh. One of them was Doc Samson, right? And one of them was Ross, and one of them, I mean, there were several of From them. Friends? And for a while, <laughs> yes, he had a little monkey actually, that sat on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, Marcel. There was there was actually a Red She Hulk, and there was a big secret around her as but well. But everybody figured that out. That was uh, Betty Ross pretty quick, didn't they? Betty Ross actually was outed as Red She-Hulk before we discovered that her dad was Red Hulk. Ugh. Spoilers. Uh, so this was actually 2009, not 2006. Now, during all of this, there's also, I want to say, a uh, like son of Hulk, like Scar son of Hulk. Is oh, also yeah, yeah. Scar, yeah. I don't know if he's Scar on Earth or not, but eventually he is. And then, um, was there another green She-Hulk, or was that red She-Hulk? That there I'm was the regular have, She-Hulk. Uh, there was the future green She-Hulk. Right, right. Was right. The Savage She-Hulk. Right, Savage She-Hulk. She's terrible. Uh, <laughs> mostly because she looks exactly like an existing character called Thundra, who, granted, say, is this character's I was, mother. I would have pe- pegged her for Gamora if you were going to try to find an equivalent. Sure. She's actually wearing Thundra's costume. There you go. This, exactly. I gotta, I gotta tell you, of all the issues that we read, this is one that uh, I think everybody should skip of the six hundreds. Hulk six hundred. Yeah, oh, one you can skip. All, exactly. You have this, a, all was, of the two thousand nine six hundreds. Hulk six hundred. <laughs> Daredevil six hundred. Somebody else six hundred. Skip them. Was Walk this right before the uh, second of the Hulk movies came out? I mean, because wasn't the Red Hulk in that? No, 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 no. no. In that in that movie, the one that's in the cinematic universe. Is the um, abomination? Abomination is the oh yeah. But isn't he the general guy? No, uh, no. that is uh, Bron- Blomsky. Blomsky. Oh. That's who it is. Oh. Yeah. I totally haven't watched action. that. But I just thought there it's was not, a red thing. You no, know, it is not a terrible movie. It doesn't have Hulk dogs running around. Right. I haven't watched. I haven't watched either of the Hulk movies. No, I was don't never watch interested. It. In. Don't watch yeah, I heard the, it was horrible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch either. Honestly, like 
The, I don't know. Like, there's some cool Ed Norton. The Edward, going the on. Edward Norton Hulk movie is good in comparison <laughs> to the Banner yes. Hulk yes. movie. But like going back and seeing it, like a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, the Hulk," and I was like, "This is Iron Man hype." The the like, coolest people are still jazzed about how awesome Iron Man was. The reason why I like that Hulk movie the most is when what's his name Bromsky Blomsky Blonsky Blonsky. When he injects himself with the super soldier serum and he goes running across that field to fight the Hulk, I sat in the theater and I was like, holy crap, this is how they're going to do Captain America. This mm-hmm. is the action that we're going to see Captain mm-hmm. America doing. And that's what got me really excited about that movie. Sure. Um, yeah. So um, <laughs> this movie could lead to something better. No, but I mean, it-, <laughs> it was cool because they were showing somebody that was injected with and yeah. they were showing on film how they could do super soldier sure. without making it look totally farcical right without him having plastic ears poking exactly and and isn't it weird in 2014 where we have marvel cinematic phase three announced and we just sat through you know captain america 2 and gardens and galaxy this year to think that there were two hulk movies before thor movie or before captain america like how how much hulk got and how he's just like not no no everyone pushed to the the side while Hulk got like the first Hulk movie was before Iron Man well but you gotta remember Hulk was probably when you look at it you've had Spider-Man because there was a Spider-Man TV show in the 70s that everybody remembers then there was a Hulk TV show in the 70s that everybody remembers sure so when Spider-Man is doing box office you know bonanza then they're like well let's try this Iron Man thing and they're like well what can we do next well everybody remembers the Hulk let's do a Hulk story hey look we can get Ed Norton to come in and play uh, Bruce Banner great that was even the second one because the first one came out before the first Iron Man and and that's that was still part of like like Marvel's exploratory yeah yeah where they were like slowly working their way to like the the properties I think that they wanted to push and Hulk being kind of like this weird anti-hero was another mm-hmm. thing where it's like, well, if the Hulk crash, <laughs> crashes and burns, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, because it's just the Hulk. Yeah. Right. Plus, and you know, people- they at that time, they had the ability to get a big name director that everybody yeah, was Ang interested Lee. in, Ang Lee, yeah. to come in and direct that. So they're like, sure, if he wants to do a, a, a Hulk movie, go right ahead. This people was remember when did the that Hulk? first I mean, Hulk movie come out. Two thousand Really? Yeah. I want to say Ang Lee's Hulk was 2003. Well, thank goodness we have the internet in front of us that we can just look this up at. Well, I um, can't look at the internet. Well, I was I was curious because, you know, Marvel in the 90s was basically bankrupt. Right. The first Spider-Man movie came out in 2000? No, 98. 2003 yeah. is Hulk. Hulk. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Marvel's starting to come around. It makes sense that they would d- look at the Hulk. Sure. Um as a as a property that they could do, but this uh, comic, just like the movie, or maybe Skip not ninety eight, because the trailers for Spider Man came out before nine eleven, and the movie came out yep. after. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. The, so the Spider Man had to be two thousand two. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah. Which means they've done six Spider Man movies in the space of ten years. Basically, mm-hmm. that's a lot of Spider Man movie. That's right. Last wow. Spider-Man. Um, Thor. Too much Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man t- 2002. Um, Thor 600. Thor fights his grandpa. <laughs> I am Thor's grandpa. I fight him with the power of old. Was this... Because we read Straczynski's... Um, 
first we read yeah, the first volume, the first of volume of that, actually, which was really wanna, good. If you want to get really nostalgic, yes. that was one of the very first yeah, trades yeah. that we reviewed. Gosh, it was probably th- second or third episode, maybe. Yeah, I wasn't invited. No, you were. That's right. No, that was, that was before we got. I was, was invited to the third episode. Yeah, this was before we got Matthew out of the iceberg. Yeah, that's right. And then I was redconned. I didn't care for this book. For some reason, it just didn't have the feel like the first twelve issues that we well, read. Sure, it, this is this is kind of a big fight. First off, and this comes after all of the like very exciting exploration of what it's like for Thor to hang out in Oklahoma. Right now, we get to like, okay, where do we go from here? And it's like Loki using the snow to revive Thor's grandpa, right. so that they can fight. Um, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't have that same thing, but you know, if you're invested in it, this is like that in between time before when like the the series was magical and new, and before um, either Siege or Secret Invasion made Straczynski yeah, just, just like f- basically f- flipped off. the table yeah. over and said, "Nope, I'm not writing this." Yep. <laughs> exactly. What I you think. think. Uh, the only thing that was interesting to me about this was like, is Loki a lady? Yes. Because apparently, Loki is a girl at this. Point. Loki is a lady in this yes. book. Well, yes. and current Loki is kind of androgynous. He's a little boy. Yeah. yeah. Loki, at this point in time, is actually the ha- inhabiting the body of Sif, which is why oh, he's a tall, yeah, tall, hot oh. lady. And then Sif gets her brain back later. But yeah, during the whole uh, Dark Horizon, whatever they called it, Beyond the Blue Horizon crossover, it, it came after Dark something. But in any case, yes, that's Loki's brain in the body of Sif. Cool. And Thor has a weird belt buckle that looks like a rune, but I can't figure out what rune it's supposed to be. Because it looks like it should be the Norse letter for something. Probably Thor Odinson. But it looks oh, like an N. I tripped out Mason the other day. I think it was after we... When did we talk? have this discussion? It's about a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I tripped him out by saying, you know where Thursday comes from. And I said, it's it's Thor's day. And he's like, no way. And I was like, yeah, let's look it up. And so we looked it up. And he's like, oh, my God, you know what this means? I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that Thor is real. But uh, uh, he uh, had a good time going and sharing that information with the with the, his to his teacher and the rest Wait, of the class. That's a real that's a real thing. Yeah. Thursday is it named is, after yeah. Thor's the day. When, that's awesome. Wednesday names, is actually named after Odin. Yeah. The names of the days in English are named largely after the Norse gods. Cool. Friday for Freyja. Mm-hmm. Wednesday for Wotan, Wotan's day. Oh, Wotan's Saturday awesome. for Saturn, which doesn't fit. Yeah. the And then you have Monday and Sunday. Right. Oh, sure. But yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are all like Norse gods. Sweet. Right. And then, of course, there's Twos, who was the Norse god of... Uh, actually, it's, I think it's Tyr. But he's the Norse god of comfortable footwear. Hmm. Anyway, so. uh, when we hit... Uh, Issue 1200 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Maybe we'll just replay this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Because going back and looking looking at uh, (laughs) the 600 landmark issues from the last, well, did we even have any of these in the 90s? Everything was either 1980 or 2000. Yeah. Um, Um, There weren't any 600s in the 90s. Well, that's not true. Um, detective number 600. Probably, yeah. And, that's, and I was actually a little surprised that we didn't do that. I was just like, well, what can we pull out? I know I know, Batman hit 600. Right. I know Action Comics hit 600. I'm pretty sure Thor and the other guys hit 600. So I just figured we'd yeah. pull a smattering of things out, mm-hmm. see what it looked like. 
have a we little need to trip point down out Nostalgia that Lane. Thor, Spider-Man, and uh, the, the other Marvel Hulk. person actually didn't hit 600 issues. While yeah, these are a, a celebration a of six, number 600, they are not the 600th issue of the comic. But it says 600 right action. on the cover. I'm going to come over there. Come on, Matthew. Well, and actually, I'm pretty sure, like, even with Thor specifically, um, mm-hmm. Thor restarted at one with the Straczynski mm-hmm. run. And, that, like, we were, like, again, how how long ago was this? Five, ten five years, years ago? Years. Five, five years ago. Five years ago, we were sitting here in, the, on this very, <laughs> in these very couches and chairs complaining about how Marvel and DC kept doing that. They're like, Wonder Woman number five, number six, number 800, yeah, yeah. number seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because it's like, it, you were like, you, you want to kind of get into that uh, milestone, but you also want to be like, we don't want to confuse people. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. The Thor count actually counts the first 82 issues of Journey into Mystery in which Thor does not appear. Right. Oh. <laughs> because Thor's first appearance is Journey into Mystery 83. If you count those first 82 issues, plus the second volume of Thor, plus the third volume of Thor, then you can game the system and have this actually be the 600. Well, I think they were trying to get as many 600 issues out as they could within a year. Within the same, wasn't it the same year or something like that? Same two years? Yes, because 2009, they were claiming was their 70th anniversary. Because in 1939, Martin Goodman started making comic books. Heck, major spoilers had already been around for three years in 2009. And that's Martin Goodman, at one point, his fly-by-night company was called Marvel in the the 40s. But it was not actually Marvel Comics, which didn't come around until like 1956. I'm not bitter about any of this. No, you don't don't sound bitter at all, Matt. (laughs) It It is really great to see that, like, this idea of, like, messing with the numbers to get artificial milestones even extends to, like, their own history. Right, right, right. Comic book companies even retcon their own history. Yep, exactly. It's 2009. Marvel is celebrating their 70th anniversary. This year, Marvel is celebrating 100 years. Yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) I don't know how that works. Five years ago, it was 70 years. Well, and it's amazing. People are going to say, wait a minute. If you guys have been putting out an episode a week for... Five years or six years, how is it that you are up to 600? Well, right. again, we had times where we had multiple episodes come out per week. Oh, That's yeah. right. Actually, there were times when we had daily episodes. Um, uh, just well, for, yeah, for, for the anniversary. Yeah, for yeah, the right. anniversary issues, when we, those were our spinoff. Uh, the first anniversary one that we did was uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, where right, we did one a, one a day for 12 days or something. I forget yeah. what it was. <laughs> All of the things that we shouldn't have said and recorded. <laughs> no. And then uh, the next year, I think, was Critical Hit. Then the next yes. year was Munchkin. No. Yep. Top five was the next year. Mm-hmm. And Top then uh, and we haven't done that in a long time. We haven't done a week's worth of stuff. So who knows? No. 700 don't. is right around the corner, <laughs> well, bro. Well, but also, since, since the beginning of the Major Spoilers podcast... We've continued to add podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's a lot harder for us now to do a week's worth of stuff because, for example, we're recording Critical Hit tomorrow. What? Oh, man. We got to record a Zach on film next. And one of the other things is I said I didn't want these episodes to drone on and on and on and on and on, which is why I always try to keep them around an hour and a half. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Time for to sign off for this (laughs) week of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Thank you for being with us for 600 episodes. And ladies and gentlemen, here's to 600 more. And uh, keep uh, keep reading comics because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Bye.
had the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Star Raven Rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2014